You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. It's a constant reminder. Am I doing something in order to gain God's love, or am I living my life because of what God has done for me through the gospel? Welcome to the Conversations Podcast, continuing our series on Devoted, this week talking about grow, and I'm joined by two great friends who know a thing or two about growing and helping others grow. First, I'm joined by pastor of spiritual formation, Bob Moss. Bob, thanks for being here. Oh, I'm very, very happy to be here today. And joined by lead pastor, Jose Avaroa. Jose, thanks for being here. I'm growing. That's right. Aren't we all? Okay, so let's jump in. First, I want to give you the first word, Jose, as you continue our series on Devoted. Last week, talking about gather. This week, talking about grow. Love to hear your thoughts as there's, I'm sure, so many passages, so many things you could have gone so many different directions. So kind of where did you feel like God was leading you just preparing for this week? Yeah, glad that you just said directions because that's exactly what helped make this uh, message and series come together. We talked about gathering in. So if I, you know, have my, my fingers pointed at me, uh, we want to, as the body of Christ, gather in to one another. Um, and then we want to grow up. So we want to grow with our fingers pointed up in the air. We want to grow vertically uh, in our relationship with the Lord. Next week, we'll talk about how to give to. So that would be horizontally towards one another. And then we want to go out. So that is out in the community, fingers pointed out towards others. So directionally, it actually helped me thinking about growing up. And at first, I thought it was going to be a little stark, like, hey, grow up. But, but the more I said it. And the more I looked at these verses, I saw how they were teaching us how God grows us up into mature believers. And we could have spent a lot of time, yeah, talking about different uh, ways that maturity in Christ looks like, but I thought I'd stick to the fundamentals as this was what the first church was prioritizing. Yeah, so that's great. Well, yeah, there is so much you covered, a lot of great stuff. So I don't know how much of that we'll be able to cover in the podcast, but I'm excited to find out. Uh, let's start with one point that, Jose, you mentioned both at the beginning and then even in the middle and then at the end, this idea that that these principles, is, I feel like maybe if someone's hearing grow up, they may see that, like you said, kind of maybe a negative connotation or like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm not doing what I should or I need to do better. And so as we talk about some of these healthy habits here in a minute, they might think, okay, these are ways I can earn my way to God or these are things I just need to be doing better. And that's kind of maybe part of their church background they've been used to. And so something you reiterated over and over was, no, this is out of a response of who we are. And so I'd love for both of y'all to share just kind of before we get into anything else, how important that is for us to grasp and even remind ourselves of that. Because at least personally for me, I I can get that one day and then find myself easily trying to perform or work my way to, you know, get God's approval. Yeah, one way to do that well is to look at the context of these scriptures specifically. So in Acts 2, you look at the chronology. It First, the Holy Spirit came. Well, first, Jesus came, lived, uh, died, was buried, rose again, and then ascended into heaven. Then the Holy Spirit came down. So the first church is a result of Peter, compelled by the Holy Spirit and empowered by the Holy Spirit, preaching and then them turning their lives around to the Lord. So they have just said yes to Jesus And then they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching and the breaking of the bread and and all these things that we talked about yesterday. So so it's a response for what God has already done through them. 
it's a constant reminder. Am I doing something in order to gain God's love or am I living my life because of what God has done for me through the gospel? So yeah, for me, it, it, it is a, what am I, you know, what's compelling me to do this? Is it the Lord or am I trying to prove myself through this? Mm. Bob, would you, yeah, Bob, would you add anything to that? Well, I think uh, you use two passages of Scripture that are my two favorites that show the transition from immaturity to maturity, and that is Ephesians chapter 4, mm -hmm. uh, 14 through 16, and then 1 John 2, 15 through 17. And there's definitely a process. It's seen in the natural as we raise our children Mm. But when we uh, see it spiritually, uh, not so much because, uh, because of the lack of mature teaching. If mm -hmm. it's, mm -hmm. it, uh, it's our, our focus oftentimes is evangelism, and we should never not focus on evangelism. But that's only the beginning, as you brought out in your sermon yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And, and God, when, when we are his, then he wants to grow us. He doesn't want us to stay the same. I think about, um, I think it's First Timothy, Paul says, hey, Timothy, when you are appointing elders, make sure that they're not young believers yeah. because it takes time for us to understand this. In uh, uh, in the time is also these spiritual disciplines, these healthy habits that help us. When we read scripture, it grounds us. Uh, Bob, you and I talked about something really cool. I didn't uh, say it in the message, but how P uh, Paul went from the least of the apostles in his writings to then the least of the saints. the saints. And then he ended up calling himself the worst of sinners. Yeah. And so that's Paul's maturity. It's, it's counterintuitive to the way that we see maturity in terms of climbing the social ladder and all these things. So yeah, we can go off on, uh, that's a whole nother thing, but it goes with this point that the Lord wants to continue to grow us. Just saying the prayer, just coming to church. I mean, those are good things, amazing things, especially saying the prayer. You say yes to Jesus and, and you, earn, you know, gain eternity in heaven because of something God did for you freely. Right. Uh, and then he wants to grow us in, to become more like him. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Okay, so another kind of point that, again, was only touched on for a little few minutes in the message, but I think is so profound, this concept of being versus doing and this idea of being like Jesus versus just doing things. And we covered it a little bit, but I'd love to camp out here. And I'd love to put, Bob, you on the, the spot here for a second, because I feel like of anyone that has a resume of ministry of doing, I mean, you've <laughs> been right. doing ministry longer than I've been alive. And yet <laughs> you are the one that I think of that is most in tune with being right now in the season you're at. So I'd love for you maybe just to share a little bit about how you got there and how you stay there when there's so many ideas or so many things that need to be done or could be done. How do you kind of continue to be focused on being like Christ versus just doing things for him? Yeah, that's a that's a great point. And uh, I, I look at it in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus, in the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, right after the Beatitudes, he said, we are the salt of the earth. 
and we are the light of the world. And he was talking about believers. So he said in verse 16, chapter 5, he says, So let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So there is that aspect of doing that are in the form of works and ministry to others where we can uh, do things that other people see, but it's the kind of things that we do to serve other people. But in the very next chapter, he begins chapter 6 with a warning. He says, be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men so that they may uh, to be seen by them, because if you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. And he goes on to describe activities that we are to do, which are inward and secret. Mm -hmm. He said, when you pray, pray secretly, go into your secret place. When you give to the poor, you know, Give secretly. When you do your fasting, do it secretly. And he's talking about those things that we do unto the Lord. So those things result in being. It's, it's, it's out of our acts of righteousness done in secret that we begin to really mature. And so we have to distinguish that there are things that Christians are supposed to do, which other people will see that it it's not bad, it's not wrong to do things. And in we become individually a light as well as becoming a community or a collective light. It's like a town built on a hill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. That's good. That's yeah. That's really good stuff. Well, let's jump in because because you focused on even just mentioning the the secret place, which is one of the points that uh, one of these healthy habits. So let's kind of dump into these five, and uh, we can try to cover as much of this as we can here. But the first one here is scripture meditation, which again, great uh, to have you here, Bob, because I think of you when I think of scripture meditation. Jose mentioned you from the stage with this, uh, just how well you embody this. So I'd love just to give a quick spiel. You've done this many times, both just in relationship and in conversations, but even on this podcast. But what is so important about scripture meditation? And even just what does that look like? Because that even that word that may feel mystical or just feel intense or like, I don't know, I don't, you know, I'm, I may be brand new to my Bible. I don't know what that looks like. So what are some maybe just early steps that I'd love to hear both of y'all's thoughts on, on just kind of what's one way they can take a next step when it comes to scripture meditation? Well, it begins with scripture memorization to be able to have it in your heart so that you don't have to turn to a Bible and read it, but you can be uh, getting up in the morning and then the scripture comes into your mind from your heart and you're not reading the Bible, you're just uh, recalling something that you already have in your heart. In the, and when you talked about First John, mm-hmm. chapter 
two. One of the things, it talks about little children, mm -hmm. and then it talks about young men. And one of the things that it, it, it marks out about a young man is that you're strong, you have the word of God in you, and you have learned to overcome the evil one. Having the word of God in us means that we've got it in our head and in our heart memorized. We, it, and we've got the tools for that. So anybody out there listening, I just want you to know we can help in that area. Bob, Bob can help. It's been such a joy to be helped by you in this area, an area that I'm growing and that I have uh, missed more than once my my assignment on, on, on scripture memory. So I actually didn't put 1 John 2 in the message because I was already so uh, uh, verse- full, abundant in, in the message, but we're plugging it now, which is really cool. I'm glad that, that you brought it up, Bob, um, because it is this concept of going from a child to an adolescent, to uh, an adult, a father, right. uh, who does now have the ability to care for others. So us spiritually, we do get to that place where we can actually give to others. And scripture meditation is is huge, scripture memory. I, I think about this, this just came to my mind, how many hundreds, if not thousand years, well, thousands of years, did was this a, a normal practice? Mm. Because we didn't know how to read, yeah. you know, thousands of years ago. There weren't scrolls in every home. Um, you know, the Torah was only in the temple. And so this was the way to store scripture in, in a home, in a family. You, you, you talk, talked about the story. And we are now more and more dependent on our phones that have instantaneous. I mean, I'm, I'm, I love it because I can immediately get my phone out and I can quote the scripture. Not only that, but I can also look at the original Hebrew and Greek. Boom. In just a 30 seconds. And, and that's a beautiful thing. But also, we've lost that art of storing up the Word of God in our heart and knowing it on our mind and allowing the Holy Spirit to remind us of His truth all the time. So, yeah. boy, I wish I would have included that <laughs> yesterday in the message because that's really cool, Bob, and something that you do continually when yeah. both Taylor and I meet with you. You just start going off on Scripture and you set goals for us. So, you're the man. Yeah, no, and that's good. I think for someone listening that I know, Bob, when you first, I remember when you first brought up Scripture memory, uh, my excuse for years in the church was always, oh, I just, I just don't have the brain for that. I just, I'm just not the guy for that. And you are a living example, having memorized, you know, literally hundreds and hundreds of verses, maybe thousands, I don't know, but you have uh, so many passages memorized and, and just your uh, faithfulness and dedication to it is just on display in such a humble way. And so I think for someone listening, who's like, ah, you know, that's, that's for the pastors, the professionals, or maybe the photographic memory people. But like, I think just about how you can focus on one verse and just take that for a month or, you know, two months, whatever, just to really kind of hone in on that and meditate on that. So that's that's really good stuff. Okay, so we've got a few more to jump in here. Uh, one of the other ones was about staying social. These were the kind of the concepts of the value of fellowship, the value of accountability. Jose, you mentioned even just Proverbs 27, 17, this concept of iron sharpens iron. So how is this so important in the role of, of grow? And then how do we kind of stay social when so much of our culture wants us to either kind of individualize and be independent or just kind of find your own truth in your own way? Kind of how do we remain uh, in fellowship and accountability together. Well, I, I, it's cool because we didn't plan on this beforehand, Bob, uh, you being here and 
this thought just came to my mind when when you shared with me years ago, six, seven years ago, um, you said the secret of ministry is hanging out. That's how you do ministry. You just hang out. You focus on the other person. You put agenda stuff aside and you make that other person your focal point. And you do that so well when we meet together. And I think this is to the point of what this scripture is saying. We need one another. We need to be interdependent. We're not just called to be independent you know, Christians roaming around the world trying to live for Jesus. No, we're called to be with one another. We talked about that last week with gathering on Sunday morning in in community group, but here it is again. And that happens when we're hanging out, when we're breaking bread, when we're doing koinonia, this word fellowship that is so rich. So I remember thinking that and immediately going, I don't know if that's true (laughs) because there's so many things in ministry that you want to go, go, go and do. But, uh, the heart is seeing the other person in front of you and laying aside all other things. And I absolutely think now that that is true. Bob, having studied so many of the disciplines and you mentioned even Sermon on the Mount, so much of that is in secret and so much between you and God. So what is someone missing when they just stop there, when they just focus on, okay, this is just me and God, things are going good, but they don't involve other people in their lives. What are they missing? What part, how are they limited in their ability to grow? How have you seen that either in your own life or in the lives of others? Well, meditation and scripture memory is only the beginning, but uh, in one of the things that in the last 50 to 70 years that has been such an enormous, um, of enormous importance in America has been the self-help books. People wanting success, people wanting to achieve, people wanting to look at the end of their life and feel like they've done something really important. Well, the Bible gives us the key And you quoted it yesterday in Joshua. Do not let this book of the law depart from your lips, but meditate on it day and night, because then you will be prosperous and successful. And then again, the same thing in Psalm 1. It's the only two times that the Bible mentions success and prosperity like that. And it's not talking about material prosperity. (laughs) We need to understand that. Um, It says many people who have gone after riches have ended up in temptation and in a trap and falling into many hurtful and harmful desires that have plunged them into ruin and destruction. Our focus is not the material realm. Our focus is the spiritual. So we have to have that relationship with Jesus Christ where we abide in him. But the abiding in him and his word abiding in us gives us the Uh, the life that we need to share with others. If we don't have that, all we're sharing and all we're doing is exporting our own confusion. (laughs) There you go. That's really good. That is really good. Jose, would you add anything? Yeah, I'm guilty of exporting confusion. That's what I would add because I get in the way of that. 
right? I mean, and we how, all how often do, do I, we? I, right, we all do. All humans do because yeah. we define success differently than God yeah, that's defines right. success. And when we're so convinced of this way being successful, meaning our way being successful, we then confuse those that were around into thinking that that's God's way. It's is sometimes, but other times God has other priorities and purposes yeah. that, that we can't understand until we see them fulfill or we will never understand. Yeah. We'll see later on and when we're in eternity with them, hopefully we'll have some explanations and aha, now I understand God. Um, but that's so good. Those who exporting confusion. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yes, no, that is good stuff. And I think too, just, I know this is uh, unspoken, but just the idea that we can have questions and there are going to be things that we don't necessarily know of, but that that is where we turn to God's word and yeah. to community to help us. So it's like being able to, you can be confused and, and gather together, but being able to uh, seek those answers together mm -hmm. and seek them from his word is, is super important. So yeah. that's really good stuff. Okay, so number three here, and I'm just kind of going in order. We've got secret place, and that's just focused on a devotion to prayer and what it looks like to grow um, we, we've talked about prayer just a lot and it's something that's common because it's so important, so crucial. So what is maybe one way in which y'all have tried to, uh, integrate prayer just throughout your day, throughout your week, and just kind of even just in a practical way, keep it at the forefront of your mind when there's so many distractions and so many things that they can get in the way. We did a series a couple of years ago on prayer, 40 days of prayer, I believe it was called. And there were two different types of prayer that I remember I was asked to, to, to teach on. And one was uh, disciplined prayer and the other one was prayer without ceasing. And personally, I, I do pray without ceasing much better than the disciplined prayer. I, I am disciplined in prayer and I do have my secret place that I go to. But my strong suit, because my personality and the way God wired me, really is to pray um, throughout the day. And I think what that does is it keeps my relationship with Jesus honest. And so I would say, we just talked about exporting confusion, being honest that you are not sure about this situation. You're not sure about uh, what the right way to handle um, a relationship or a circumstance or a life decision. Go to God with that uncertainty. Allow him to be your safe place and be honest with him. The Psalms are a great example. Throughout the Psalms, we read a lot of honesty, raw authenticity as people cry out to God um, in, through many different circumstances. So I would say be honest um, wherever you are. Pause and uh, look up. Amen. That's good. Yeah. Okay. So then the, the next part here is a sense of awe and this idea of fear of God. That's something kind of we were just, just touching on here. But I'd love to hear from both of y'all and maybe start with Bob. But as someone who has walked with God for decades now, uh, I feel like if I were to approach this in some way, I'd say, well, I feel like you've already, you've read so much scripture, you've memorized so much scripture, you've seen so much of God. So how do you still have a sense of awe or how do you still get surprised by things that he does when you've already studied so much and you already know so much? So how do you, how do you kind of keep that sense of awe and what God's doing in your life, even though you've been walking with him for so long? Well, the thing that has helped me, especially in the last few years, is his bringing me to a place of simplicity mm. because it is in the simple things that I find that sense of awe. Um, and 
and so just this last month, I have been able to experience things with Linda as we've gone through this COVID crisis together. Um, each of us had COVID. We've never, ever in 58 years of marriage been in such a place as we were uh, just in the last few weeks. The awe comes from watching what God does in the little things, the little, uh, the little coincidences, the um, in the in the regular activity during the day. Um, what I shared yesterday about that young man that I met, I go, nobody's standing out by the. Uh, by the tree. In By the, the tree, church, where yeah. we usually have somebody there. That's Walker's place, you know. <laughs> well, nobody was there. So I thought, well, I, I'm going to go out there. And I, I got out there, and the first man I met, he asked me who I was. And I, I told you this story. Mm -hmm. He, I told him I'm Bob. And he gave me his name. And then he says, well, Bob who? And I thought, Bob Moss. And he said, oh, and he got, he, he said, I can't believe this, you know, and he was praying that morning that he would get to meet me because he had been trying to get in touch with me for two weeks. Mm -hmm. Now, that's that's a little coincidence maybe, but it could be the awe of yeah, God. Go. For right. me, it was God, I was awestruck that God did that. That was a little thing to some people, but to me, that was, that's, my sense of wonder when I'm meditating in a verse of scripture and then he shows me something and then boom, it happens and I see it before it happens. And mm. that's, that's awesome. It's, yeah. Well, the secret there, I think Bob is something that we talked about yesterday too, slowing down. We're, yes. we're, we're moving so fast yes. and that's what that's what sickness does it slows yeah. us down and it makes us appreciate the the little things and so then we see God's hand and um allows us to be grateful and Amen. and and see yeah God God's work in in our life it goes without saying but I mean praise the Lord that you guys are well now, both yes. you and and Linda and it is awesome that that God is um, all all around us, even mm -hmm. when things don't go well, right. and when things Amen. don't go our well, uh, our way, or the way that we're praying, or the way that we're wanting, we can still trust that God is good. And I think of Job, the awe that he never lost, uh, and then the awe that God only multiplied when he answered to him, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? That is God instilling the fear of the Lord in Job and in all of us through that, that story. Mm -hmm. So if we forget who he is, then we're in deeper trouble because we're, we're not fearing the one that we should be fearing. We're fearing instead a circumstance or something carnal and, 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 and something that's happening in, in the temporary yeah, that's, that's so good. Okay, so the last point here is speak the truth in love. And this is maybe easy to say out loud and write down, but it is difficult, in my opinion, to put into practice. And so, Jose, I'd love to, you get to, I'd love to give you the final word on this one as far as what does it look like to speak the truth in love? And there's so much here, but just I love the idea of you closing out, sharing about how we need to be speaking boldly in truth, and then we need to love boldly as well. Yeah. So I'd love for you to speak on how that looks like practically. Yeah, I would end with asking 
all of us need to ask the Holy Spirit to teach us how to do this in our own in our own lives because we're seeing a lot of boldness in, in, in truth, different people saying the different things are truth. And we're also seeing a lot of people making love uh, the idol, meaning accepting all, no conditions, no truth, no sense of morality. And as followers of Jesus, he's given us a morality. He's set us apart to look, live, and love differently. And so um, it, it's up to the Holy Spirit, I think, to teach us and show us how to do this well um, as we continue to do life together. It's something that he's definitely growing in me. And I hope that as we seek God, he will show us how to grow and uh, glorify his name. All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.